For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Featuring former Husker and NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! With broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. Welcome to the Ticket Weeknights. Got the club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the cut of she Tuesday. Club going up on the Tuesday. Big Sky on a Tuesday. It is Big Sky. Tuesday. <laughs> big Skeezy. What up, baby? Just pushing the buttons for you, Strick. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's always a pleasure to have Big Sky. A lot of people don't know I used to live in Big Sky country. And I spent some time in Great Falls, Montana, in some of my youth. That is, uh, that is where my grandparents are from. They're just here in Lincoln yeah. this last weekend. It's a, uh, it's an interesting city. CMR Russell. That is that's the one of them. That's one. Of... <laughs> that's the high school my dad graduated from. Actually. Ah, see, I still remember. I still remember. That's good. Welcome back to the Strict Nine Show. I am here with Big Sky. We thank Bach for joining us in the first hour on 93.7 The Ticket. And The Ticket FM is where you can find us, as well as YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, and some of the other entities uh, that we are streaming on. Nonetheless, we want to talk a little bit about something that has transpired just as in, in recent memory. Uh, a wonderful game that featured the Golden State Warriors and the New York Knicks. What a better place to celebrate becoming the all-time three-point shooter uh, and one of the greatest shooters that the league has ever seen, surpassing Ray Allen. Uh, and and uh, so he's not only broken just that record, he also broke, um, you know, one of the, the seasons. Well, not, it wasn't necessarily a record, but he's he shot one season – over 400 threes. And so we want to talk a little bit about and celebrate what Steph Curry has been able to accomplish. Um, this game happened on February 20. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The first time he broke another record, which was at Madison Square Garden, was when he broke um, the, oh, had it set 11 three-pointers. That was what it was. 
It was 11 three-pointers where he had a 54-point game back in February of 2013. And um, he's won two MVPs, got three championships. So he's had a celebrated season. There's some things I want to talk about with regards to that, but we definitely want to celebrate him. Uh, Ray Allen is definitely one of one of the best perennial shooters to ever come through the league. And then you also had a great one in, in Reggie Miller, um, who's in the top three. So let's talk about that. What is your thoughts on not only Steph Curry surpassing them, uh, he's still got years to go, but also on the fact that he did it in Madison Square Garden. What is your thoughts on that? Well, I, I'm glad you touched on the fact that it was at the uh, Madison Square Garden because I think that's often mentioned as the mecca of basketball, and that's where you'd want to have a monumentous moment happen. is is where basketball is. It's one of the it's one of the cornerstone arenas for basketball in the country. I think you have Staples Center, which is now Crypto.com Arena, which is disgusting. My LA Kings play there, and it, I will not call it that. It's the Staples Center and uh, Madison you, you're, Square Garden. You, you, you along with Shaq. You along with Shaq. Shaq says, I ain't going back to another game. It, 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 that's not the place me and Kobe built. That's that's something else. I don't know what that is. So yes. he says, I'm going up to Golden State to watch Jeff Curry. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Staples Center is still the Staples Center. The arena in L.A. will always be the Staples Center for me. But Steph Curry, I, I discussed it last week on uh, Uptown with number 43, uh, badges out so I filled in with uh, a couple guests and I I said with this record and his MVPs and his leadership with the Warriors taking them to multiple finals I feel like he needs to have a little bit more respect in the GOAT debate because up until now he hasn't really been mentioned at all and I think you at least have to let him enter the conversation I mean I, I don't find no fault in that um, you know I, I I let, that's a good segue to dig into kind of where I was going. Right. Um, one of the, there's, there's multiple things that I feel that Steph Curry has benefited from is it became very analytical. So a lot of organizations, GMs, um, and, and clubs began to look at the three pointer from a standpoint of it being a major weapon. In, in the game, right? So you have that dynamic. Two, you have the rules changes that is dramatically because when Steph first came in, he was getting beat around like a rag doll. And Couldn't obviously stay he got stronger. Yeah, it got stronger, uh, got healthy. Um, so so those are a few things that he definitely benefited from. So the change of the game has also been a significant benefit with regards to Steph Curry and, and what he was able to accomplish. I am in no form, so don't be on the text line talking about Strick is tripping. He talking about Steph, ah, he wouldn't do this or whatever. And that's not what I'm saying. Steph would still be Steph and still be doing what he do, just as, as that. But as you can see, I don't want to over, uh, you know, goad it, so to speak, with regards to threes, because... Reggie Miller playing in a game with centers and we didn't use the three point shot in the same way. I mean, you can go back and look at the numbers. I think the averages, the averages in threes was as a team was dang near not even 10, you know, back in my time and before. And so then that number began to increase. Uh, Chef 
shoot Chef Curry shooting 23s by himself is crazy. I mean, we didn't shoot 23s as a team. So so that freedom and that leeway and the change of the game has been very so so I attribute great success to what Reggie was able to accomplish because they didn't shoot threes at the same clip. You know, I can only imagine if he was shooting them at the same clip, right? But so so that's where you see the progression. This is how you can see the passings of the guard because you see Reggie with what he was able to accomplish. Ray was, we came in the same year. He was able to have some crossover to where he played with the centers that were involved. And then he then crossed over to the changing of the rules and the changing of the the mentality with regards to the three. So he had some benefit. So you can see why he would pass uh, Reggie. And then you see Chef Curry being able to take full advantage of all of it because he pretty much was able to see all of the transition of, of what it meant to be able to shoot threes. What do you, what is your thoughts on that? Well, like you, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and uh, make more out of what Steph Curry has accomplished than, you know, what is deserving of making it to be. But like you said, I, I, I think it is a great marker for what basketball is becoming that each time you have a new record set, it's because the game has evolved and the players playing it have evolved. And I, I can't remember the stat exactly, but Steph Curry is shooting more threes by himself every game than the league average for teams in a, in a game was 30 years ago. And so I, I think more so than just saying this proves Steph Curry is a great player, it just proves where we're headed in, the, in basketball, in the grand scheme of basketball. And then also from the text line, Drizzlefish wants to know if you could pick one guy to beat Steph Curry in a three-point competition, no defense, just standalone catch and shoot. So all-star, all-star weekend festivities. Who would you pick to beat Steph Curry in their prime? Oh, in their prime? Yes, this person would be Larry, in their prime. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Why? Why Bird? Because because Larry will go to Steph and tell him about it. He'll go. He'll walk over to him. He'll 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 embark this in his head, and he'll go over to him and say, "How much you want me to beat beat you by today?" And so that stuff will. Play. <laughs> I mean, that's the crazy thing about it. Larry will go and tell you, "I'm you know just just know you're you know, um, you know enjoy the second place trophy, if there is a trophy for second place." And he'll say some stuff like that and and mean that. Um, but. I think he would give him a challenge. I think a guy like Larry Bird, who is a tremendous competitor, would would definitely give him a, a run for his money. Um, but um, definitely Ray Allen too. You know, Ray Ray will give him a run. Uh, but um, let's let's be real. Let's be honest. Um, whatever and whenever Steph Curry finishes his his run, I don't see anyone else coming behind him in the near future of a decade that would be able to surpass what he's done. So I I guess that kind of answers a question that I'd mentioned to you when we were texting earlier today about what we wanted to talk about. um, When I asked is the person who's going to break Curry's record in the NBA right now, I would say from your answer, it's probably no, because a decade would be a long career. 
uh, is the person playing basketball on TV right now? Are they in college basketball maybe, or, or at a high school uh, preparatory academy? I, I don't. I don't see anybody. Here's why. Um, Steph is tremendously disciplined. Um, he works and hones the craft, whereas other guys just shoot. You understand? Like, guys work at it, but he, you know, I, I, I knew his dad. I played against his dad. I played golf with his dad. Um, I knew him when he was in the gym. We'd come in to play them. He would be in the gym. Steph would be in the gym at, at the Charlotte games, um, you know, just handling a ball with a ball in his hand. You know, Dale did a wonderful job of training both of his sons um, to be not only disciplined, but to be very fundamental. And they were able to hone different areas to enhance themselves with their size and, 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 and those abilities to be able to get, he was one of the quickest release guys that were in the game, you know, at that time. And, and his dad gave that to them. So I think Steph definitely gets it off way, way quicker uh, than his brother does uh, Seth, but that's none of, that's not, not to be neither here nor there, but I will say that I don't, I, I, I think the kids these days, what I've noticed is that they'll come in the gym and the first thing they go to is the three-point line, right? When they're kids. So bad habits develop, bad mechanics develop. You know, they, they, they're not used to being able to take rhythm and work them way their way out and back. So um, that's where I think there's a deficit. And until I see someone that comes around with that type of, you know, worth ethic that I used to have when, I mean, Hubert Davis, who was one of the other ones that I played with, that was a tremendous three-point shooter uh, in our time. And he didn't come into the gym. And the first thing he did was shoot threes. So everybody is three happy. Bad shooters are three happy. And I don't see anybody that could surpass what Steph has done. That's just, that's my take. Well, it's like gambling. You, you you have a chance for a larger reward, so you want to go out and and go for the uh, the go for more points, and so it's it's a kind of a risk reward thing. That's why I think people tend tend to go towards outside uh, outer ugh, perimeter shots. But uh, also from the text line, Drizzlefish, the original asker of the question, uh, just on the fact that he chose my favorite NBA player of all time. Uh, he thinks he would take Kyle Korver, and I know that's not the right answer. So why wouldn't a guy like Kyle <laughs> Korver beat Steph Curry in a three-point competition? I I, I like Kyle. Um, I think Kyle was was a great shooter as well. Um, I, I mean, I, I think on a given night, Kyle Kyle could string them together. You know what I mean? I think any great shooter, a Dirk Nowitzki. Um, could string something together. Um, uh, shoot, even who who was a you know a back to back champion and Craig Hodges, you know he could string something together. Um, you know, a Fred Hoiberg could probably string something together. You know what I mean? I think I think guys could get get in a good rhythm and string something together and 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 put the pressure on anybody on a given night. Um, we also have a vote for Chris Mullins on the text line. Ah, yeah, I mean, 
I like Chris, but I don't know about Chris Mullen. I mean, Chris can shoot it now. Don't 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 let me get it twisted. Uh, but I just I don't know. Um, Chris didn't shoot him at that that kind of rate. Chris could shoot it though. Don't don't get it twisted. He definitely could stroke it. But I don't I don't I don't see Chris being able to be at that level. This this breaking the record feels really. I guess big and like a moment that we should be talking about a week after it happened and, and, and beyond. Uh, did it feel the same way when Ray Allen broke Reggie Miller's record? I don't think so, man. I, you know, I think it was, it, you know, I think it was like a pinnacle that was arrived at and Ray embraced it. Um, I think Ray probably had an idea that, it wasn't going to stay as long as a, a Steph Curry was around because of just, you know, Ray was a tremendous mid range guy early on. He shot the three, but he didn't really shoot, shoot the three until he got later into his career. So he always made threes and, and, but he didn't shoot them at a higher clip than he probably did later in his career. So I think he always had an idea that someone of, of, of Steph's stature, uh, was gonna gonna be able to surpass him, but um, you know it was good to see those three really embrace that accomplishment. That is a tremendous feat. I don't care, you know what anyone says. It's a tremendous feat. Um, it's no different than you know somebody surpassing Stockton. You know what I mean? Um, when you see those types of guys like kids and um, you know, those guys come around and, and surpass Stockton because Stockton was a tremendous point guard who played the game the right way. But to see Steph do it and those guys to celebrate him and to do it in the Mecca was absolutely astonishing. And it was good. And it was good to see. It was good for the league. The timing of it was good. So all of those things were were excellent. And we celebrate Steph and what they're doing. I celebrate them for what they're accomplishing in the win column. You know, <laughs> I mean, to be able to do that after last year, they gave, they gave, you know, a good run in the playoffs, almost, you know, clip. Um, you know, was, it, was it the Lakers? Yeah. Lakers in the play in game. Almost clip, almost clipped them. And, uh, you know, he did that without much help, you know, and um, once they get back to full strength, they, the way they're doing it right now and, and the pieces that they've added, they've, and then the players that they've had come alive um, in pool and, and um, uh, you know, Gary Payton, they're, they're, they're finding gems. It's just like their organization is just continually finding gems. So I look forward to, to, to seeing him increase the lead. And I'm also looking forward to seeing when they get now, the only person had he not injured himself that, that way, that could have gave him a shot, I think would be Clay Thompson, you know, but um, it's going to depend on how healthy he can stay. I just don't know if he's going to be able to surpass it as long as Steph stays around. Uh, given the pace that the Warriors are on right now in the win column and just the season Curry is having, do you think he's on, on track for his third MVP award? Shoot. Yeah, bro. I don't, I don't, you know, to the combo falling off Lakers are in shambles. Um, yeah. 
you know, I mean, Durant is, you know, still getting stuff done, but if, 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 you know, Golden State stays on this pace and they continue to just mount wins in a tough Western conference, you got to give them a look, man, uh, get another one. You know, I'm not going to say it's still early because things can happen, but, um, He's definitely in the running, definitely in the top three for it, no question. Well, I feel like with Curry, so, oh, I was I was just gonna say with I feel like no, with Curry, he is a consistent enough performer that you can reasonably assume he's not gonna fall off. The only thing that's gonna what, gonna stop him at this point is is an injury, and no one wants to see that. So I, I even hate putting that into the the universe. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I, as long as he just seems like he's he's on a different level right now again. You know what I mean? It seemed like he went through a lull and kind of, you know, had some rough, rough moments at different times, but it doesn't seem to be the case this year. It seems to be a, a revived and revamped Steph Curry in a, in a, in a very good and positive way that's brought them back to the top brass of the, uh, the Western conference. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anybody being able to overtake them at this point, even in the West. I don't, I don't, I mean, let's, let's, you know, we can go down it. I mean, Utah, solid, great defense, but I don't see it. I think Phoenix has a chance. Um, there's a good number. Somebody give him a run would be Devin Booker, but I, I still don't think he shoots it enough. He's very mid range, you know, uh, mid range floater, but shoots threes. Um, you know, Phoenix has a shot. I think Phoenix is going to be a tough run. You can't, can never just rule out the Lakers if they can just kind of figure it out, find it out. But, um, you know, can't really count on AD right now. You don't know if LeBron's going to be healthy, you know, definitely Westbrook when he gets there at that time, he he'll shoot you out just as well as he'll shoot you in. (laughs) Carmelo has been probably the most consistent thing that I've seen coming out of Lakers you know, the Lakers team right now, uh, in his role. Um, so yeah, um, that's where I think, that's what I think about it, man. That's my thoughts. Well, I, I, maybe this is just for me, but I feel this, the same way watching Steph Curry this year, as I did watching Joe Burrow the year he threw 60 touchdowns and won the Heisman. It just, you just get the feeling that you're watching somebody who's putting it all together and it's just on a different level. And, is performing at their peak absolutely absolutely so we definitely look at at what's to come we'll see how things fare as they uh, approach and finish out january and get into the uh, all-star break and and how they finish you know the season um when we come back uh again tap in on the uh the the solder hayman and the the text line at 402-464-5685. Been some great questions tonight. You guys are hot on the line today. Also, um, find us at 93.7 The Ticket FM. Tap into the app. And you can also find us on on the multi-levels of shows. And it's a great turnout, a great lineup. You'll be able to great, get great content right here at 93.7 The Ticket. We're going to go on a break and we'll come back. We're going to talk maybe a little bit of NFL football, discuss you know, some of the parody in the NF, uh, the NFC and the, uh, the AFC and, and see if we can uh, talk about these protocols and how it'll affect the game right after this. 
back to the Ticket Weeknights, featuring former Husker and NBA vet Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yeah, all around the world, same song. We've been talking about that. Football season and basketball season. It's been the same song, but we go we getting off of that right now. We about to jump in a little bit of NFL, little NFL talk. We ain't gonna go into too many details. We're just gonna talk a little bit about the parody right now that we find. And then also we find a very top heavy NFC. Uh, but in the AFC, it seems to be, you know, hey, one week from the next, somebody might take a L, somebody might fall off, somebody might, you know, move down uh, the playoff picture a little bit. So uh, when I look at the AFC, uh, Big Sky, I see some surprising names um, where we saw a very bad New England team, but guess who's the coach over there? Belichick. I mean, I think he's just he just finds a way to put the pieces together. He's got them leading the AFC East right now. Um, took a couple of tough losses, uh, one of them being to the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, really close game. Um, lost 19 to 17. And then just even this um, – uh, shoot, this past weekend, what? They they took a tough loss to the Dolphins at 17 uh, to 16. So, I'm, I'm sorry, that was earlier in the season. But uh, they took that L just this last week to the Colts, forgive me, 27 to 17. So, you know, they started off really bad early. They looked like it was going to be a dismal season again. Um, losing, what, uh, four out of their first six. And then all of a sudden... They hit a streak. Yeah, winning, you know, winning like seven straight before taking a loss this last weekend. So it's it's kind of weird, but, you know, how, how do you view a team like that, you know, faring in the playoffs? Uh, and in that, the AFC East is tough. I mean, you know, the Dolphins aren't going to go away in the Bills. You know, Jared Allen, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, you know, is solid over there. They've got a pretty solid crew over there in the AFC East. Well, I feel like the AFC has been an interesting conference to watch this year because you had a, a couple teams emerge early and get start the season really hot and then fade and fizzle in the Bills, the Broncos, and the Raiders, uh, even the Chargers a little bit in the same way. And then you've had some teams that started and looked like disasters in the Patriots and the Dolphins, and suddenly those teams are rising to the top. And same thing with the Bengals, a team that had no expectations going into the season Start the season, I believe, one and two with two losses to NFC North teams. And then suddenly they, uh, three weeks ago, are the number one team in the AFC. So it's just, it, I think it's a conference that's incredibly even across the board. And so I think that's why you're seeing a team go out one week and lose badly to uh, the Raiders, I think, are are the case study here. Is they they get killed by the Chiefs and then they go out and compete with the, hmm. one of the top teams in the NFC in the Cowboys and beat them on Thanksgiving. It, it, it's an incredible conference to watch right now. And as yeah. you pointed out before, we went to break. The NFC is similarly or dissimilarly top heavy, where you have four teams that have just kind of taken a hold of the conference, and everyone else is just mired in mediocrity. Facts. 
I think also with the New England Patriots team, what I find very interesting is that they're they're playing very well on the road, you know, with a six and one record on the road. I mean, that's that's phenomenal and handling business within the conference, you know, taking care of, you know, pretty much everybody there at seven and two. And so I, I think that's pretty interesting. I think when you look at the AFC North, it's 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 funny when you uh, look at that. It's it's a toss up. Anybody in any that can change every week from week to week, you know, who's up there. So that's uh, that's an interesting look in the AFC North. And everybody, I think, thought that the bill, I mean, uh, the Browns were going to be a team that was going to kind of make their mark this year. I think with what they have, the pieces they have, the running game, um, you know, they, they thought that maybe they would be able to get a handle, but then they're finding some trouble with Baker, Baker Mayfield and some inconsistencies. And then you have the Odell Beckham situation where, you know, they have to kind of turn that, that loose. And so a good weapon that you would have hoped to have, they're just not, they're not connecting. And so now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with that whole situation. So it makes it tough. What's your thought? Well, staying in that same division, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and like a lot of the talking heads going into the season, kind of wrote them off given big Ben's, seeming decline going into our going to the end of last season and they've won almost purely on defense and uh ben hit ben a rejuvenation from him in the last couple weeks he's hitting big throws they have wide receivers that you love they've had an emergence from pat fryermuth at at tight end and Najee harris has been a really good complement to those offensive weapons at running back out of alabama uh so it, it and then with the browns you look at them and on paper they have the best roster in the NFL, but two injuries mm-hmm. to their top two running backs in Chubb and and Hunt keeping them out for multiple weeks. Uh, Baker Mayfield having issues with his shoulder and trying to play through it, and their defensive line not really coming into the season the way we thought they were going to has completely derailed that team. So the AFC North is again completely a surprise for me, especially with the Bengals uh, being the best team in that uh, that division right now. I mean, and then everybody and their mama thought that it was an anomaly what was going on in KC with the Chiefs uh, losing four out of their first seven. And then all of a sudden doing the same thing, having a complete turnaround, having a close game with the Giants. And then the Packers uh, was a big win for them with that 13-7 game. And then, then they come right back and hit the Cowboys up. And it's... It's just been an amazing run that they they've won. Shoot, what eight straight? Well, the incredible thing eight. about the Chiefs is that they're not doing it with the offense like we thought they would. It's really been uh, the def- the story there has been the defense, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, completely uh, taking control of those games and and really leading the Chiefs on the field, where you would expect Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill to be the the driving force. Yeah, absolutely. Let's turn over and go down to the uh, the NFC. When we look at the NFC, we talked about that very top heavy. Um, I, I don't think it was a surprise, but with the Cowboys, I don't think it was a surprise what's happening over there. We knew that the NFC East is a very weak division. Um, we didn't know how that was going to turn out. We thought probably the, the Giants would be a little bit better, but they're they're not. One of the good things and the positives is that one of their high draft picks and CD lamb has, has really found his mark with, with, you know, some time with Amari Cooper kind of being down a little bit. 
Um, but they've had a, a tremendous roster and they have found something with, we knew he was good, but we found something and they're kind of giving him a little bit more touches in Pollard. Um, so they're, they're, they're using a good balance of Pollard, a change of pace, power with, with speed. And uh, Pollard is definitely, you know, making headway. And then to have Dak come back off of that injury that he had and to, to be pulling off and having the season that he's having right now is, is making a lot of people out there in Dallas, Texas, very happy. I actually got a chance to see this Dallas Cowboys team live this year. They played the uh, the Eagles on Monday Night Football, and that's another team that I like to give a lot of credit to the defense and uh, Trevon Diggs and Micah Parsons, Woo! and and, and Blackshirt Randy, Randy Gregory getting uh, getting some time down in uh, Dallas. Finally, uh, is he like a is he like a cat with nine lives? I, he, that has got to be the greatest nine live story ever, right? Yeah, you know I, I, he gets an interception last week, and you're like, "Wow, this dude's still in the league. This is incredible." It, talk about uh, a team believing in a guy, though, to sit through him through multiple suspensions and and injuries, and finally get him back on the field, and he's he's paying him back for it. He's he's saying, "Hey, I, I saw you believed in me. I'm going to go out and show out for you guys in this uh, playoff run or this this potential Super Bowl run." If if you're a Cowboys fan, I'll. I'll juice your confidence a little bit there. But when I went to that Monday night football game, you're expecting Dak and Amari and CeeDee Lamb to be the show, Zeke running the ball. But that game was over within the first 15 minutes of the game because the defense clamped down on the Eagles, got a pick six from Trevon Diggs, and the Eagles really couldn't do anything at that point. You kind of looked at there and, and thought, well, the Eagles are dead in the water and the Cowboys don't really need to do much on offense because they're getting the ball and – in good field position because they're not letting the Eagles get anywhere. So I, I think the defense is getting, needs to get more credit in that Dallas, I guess, resurgence. Absolutely. And I mean, come on, man, who, who, who does Diggs remind you of? How, he is having a, an, not only a, you know, an all pro, you know, first team, all pro type of season, 10 interceptions, bro. I, I honestly don't have a comparison that because sick. this is the only cornerback that I can ever remember having this kind of an impact on a game is Darrell Revis, and I never really got to see him at his peak because I'm so young. You didn't get to see Deion Sanders. Exactly, exactly. Took one side of the field away. <laughs> he was like, don't throw this way. <laughs> it was amazing. I feel bad. One of my close friends is Kevin Kevin Smith, and, and – uh, Kevin Smith, 26 for the, for the Cowboys back when they were winning their championships. And I used to feel bad for Kevin because he got picked on all night long. They would leave Dion alone. They wouldn't mess with him. And, and Trayvon is trying to make a case that you may not want to come this way, baby. You may want to leave me alone. Well, he's <laughs> so, one, one interception away from tying the single season interceptions record. So and you got to think with what, what is it? Three games left. He's going to get it taken care of. Yeah, he's definitely got a shot at it. And it's a great find. No one, I don't think, I, I give credit to the to the defensive coach and the coordinator as well in that they found something in Micah Parsons in that he wasn't a traditional rush, rush end. But I like that he has versatility in the fact that he can play multiple, multiple positions. He can not only be a rush end, but he can also drop into coverage and, 
Uh, he can cover, you know, a back out of the backfield if he needed to, even a tight end. And so he has that kind of versatility that makes him dangerous because you can move him all over the place and, and, and have him doing so many things. So you can't really scheme against him like you can with a Mac, you know, with, with a Mac or, or uh, you know, a Bosa or somebody like that, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that was a guy that I really loved uh, going into the draft. When I did my mock drafts, it was basically trying to figure out what I needed to do to get the Packers to get that guy because I we the Packers had a need at linebacker and I was like Mike Parsons is the best player in this draft I firmly believe that and he's just a freak athlete he's super fast he's fluid when Nebraska would go up against Penn State it was you know you're looking out for Micah Parsons when you when you're looking at the when you're when the game pops up it's like where's Micah Parsons because he's gonna blow something up so yeah I I, I totally totally saw this coming I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself that credit because Micah Parsons is a great player yeah, so I, I, I can't believe that the addition that the Rams have, have been able to acquire, he has been a tremendous impact to that team with Odell Beckham. Um, that's been a tremendous impact for them and what they're doing down there. Um, so let's really dig into this because uh, they're at the top. There are phenomenal teams and any one of them can come out of it. Would you envision the champion coming out of the NFC or the AFC? One question. Two question. Who is it going to be that separates themselves? Because you have the champions in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, who still rely on the GOAT as well as they, they have a phenomenal defense as well. Um, do you think that the Arizona Cardinals are capable of uh, mounting a challenge out of the NFC West? Uh, or is Aaron Rodgers, who's already clinched there in Green Bay, are they going to be the ones, or will Dallas have their traditional fall off the map when playoffs come? How you view it? Uh, I believe the first question is, the Super Bowl champion going to come from the NFC or the AFC? I'm going to confidently say it's the NFC. I think there's just better elite uh, teams. There's more elite teams in the NFC, and uh, the depth in the AFC is incredible, but it's, it'll be a, it'll be an NFC team that wins the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. then as for your second question, I, I've seen the Arizona Cardinals get out physicaled in games against the Packers, and against the Lions, and against the 49ers. and so I'm I'm I think the Cardinals are an incredible regular season team right now. They're kind of like the Milwaukee Bucks of the the years prior to the championship run. They are incredibly talented, and they can beat you. Numerous ways. They have James Conner running the ball. Kyler Murray is an exceptional quarterback, and he's got the mobility. They're going to they're gonna need to figure out how to win in the playoffs, and it's not going to be this year, but they'll continue to be a difficult team to beat in, in the regular season and eventually the playoffs in the next couple of years. Uh, I don't think the Bucks, given the injuries that they just sustained uh, against the Saints last, what, Sunday night? are going to be as big a threat as they would have been had they not lost Chris Godwin, Michael Evans, and Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Uh, you can never count out Tom Brady, but those injuries are tough to swallow. I think it's yeah. going to come down to Dallas and Green Bay. And at that point, it's whichever whichever coach you uh, believe in more, Mike McCarthy or, or uh, LaFleur. So uh, I'm not going to give a pick because I'm biased in this discussion and that I'm a Packers fan. But I think it's going to be those two teams. I think it's going to be those two teams. Understandable. Well – 
I think that we we did a good job of touching on that. If there's anything that you in the text line would like to ask as we close out this next segment, uh, after this break, tap in at 402-464-5685 and ask that question before we finish up right here on the Strict 9 show. That's Big Sky. I'm Eric Strickland at 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We'll be right back. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, former Husker and NBA vet, Eric Strickland. All right. Yeah, we're coming down to another close of the Strict Nine show. To finish off, I want you to talk a little bit about uh, some of your thoughts about Husker basketball. You wasn't there on that segment. Uh, obviously, we have a game on tomorrow at 630 uh, Central with Kennesaw State. But then they find themselves going through the gauntlet. Uh, they'll have one more home game against Ohio State January 2nd, right after the New Year's. Hopefully, they didn't pop too much bubbly. And uh, and they're not bubbled as far as they're playing. They're bouncy and ready to get the job done. And then they hit, they hit the road and they go to Michigan State January 5th, January 8th. It doesn't get any easier. They even go to a Rutgers team that is very capable uh, with one of my colleague's sons still getting the job done with Harper out there. So um, what, are you, what is your thoughts as far as the, the next coming games and what should we expect or hopefully try to see during this Kennesaw State game that would help this team to be able to work for more wins in, in the Big Ten Conference? Well, uh, first, my thoughts on the season so far. It's just it's disappointing uh, that uh, it seems to be the same team we've watched over and over again, and you just kind of get the feeling that they need more veteran guys and they got to stop with so much roster turnover every year. It seems like we have a new uh, starting five and a completely new bench every year, and you just you can't that's not really a sustainable way to go about doing college basketball even the teams that have tons of one and dones have some guys who stay more than one year you know Kentucky isn't a roster of 15 one and done guys they they have they have players who have been around the SEC and can show the guys the ropes hey when we go to when we go to Alabama this is what the fans are gonna say to try and get under your skin at Nebraska, it, Trey McGowan's and Derek Walker are the veterans, and they've played in, in the Big Ten for one year before this year each. So it it's not. It seems like the veteran leadership is what they're lacking, and you spoke to that on a post game show earlier this year. Uh, so I I think that's what it's going to come down to. Once Fred can keep guys for longer than a year, we'll start seeing improvement. And then again, what we're looking for in these next couple of games are those changes that Fred said they were going to start making. He said in the postgame, Happer said it in our postgame show, they're going to start making changes. We didn't really see that uh, in their last game. Hopefully we can start seeing them against uh, Kennesaw State and uh, in their games in the next couple weeks here. Last thing before we tap out for the night and close this segment. What do you think Fred has to do in order for him to be able to keep a job here at Nebraska? 
is is the seat hot that he's going to get fired after this year in your opinion wow you want to turn it back on I, I i don't think i don't think it's i don't think i don't think it's the year <laughs> so i don't think I don't he's going to get fired i think i don't think he will either so you answered the question run i think he'll he'll be able to get through and uh but it's i think he's got to show some tremendous improvement in order for them to make the make just, change just run some plays run some plays we're running you out of here right now <laughs> here on the strict nine show we'll hope to see you back next tuesday at 93.7 the ticket the ticket fm the strict nine show six to eight right here every tuesday if there's a game we're doing post games so you won't you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.